0: Going to throw here to Parker at the 20, at the 15, at the 10, at the 5, he is almost... He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got it in! He got it in! He got it in!
1: Oh, doctor!
2: Well, howdy, yeah. Welcome back to the Red Ass Podcast twice in one week.
0: Twice in one day. That's
2: insane. Even better, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we are back again. Um, you know, sorry about that. We typically like to get everything all in one go, but we had a lot that we needed to cover uh over the course of this week. And I know we had, you know, we just finished up our preview show and make sure you check that out uh initially, and then we'll come back around uh, on this one. But be sure to come back in with that. We're pretty excited. Uh we do have a special guest on this particular podcast.
0: Yes, yeah. So uh we we talked about this last week. Um So today we are going to be talking to Courtney Gruner, who is a dear friend of mine, and who was one of the original uh, organizers, I guess is a good way to put it, organizer, or the original Red, White, and Blue Out?
1: Sure. Yeah. One of the five is kind of how we explain it.
0: Yeah. So uh, we're going to talk to you a little bit about um, really just how that all came about. And and I'm (laughs) kind of fascinated by the logistical side of it. but then uh courtney is also a uh, die-hard aggie baseball fan Woo-hoo. so um and as you know i'm sitting next to mr you know section 203 over here so i didn't know that uh, yeah
2: so look at that yeah so yeah we're gonna have plenty to talk about in a minute
0: <laughs> so uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about red white and blue out and then uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about aggie baseball and uh how aggie baseball has played an important part kind of in your life courtney sure.
2: uh
0: so uh first and foremost though we're just gonna kind of let you go Tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of just the standard bio blurb, Yeah, you know, where you're from, um, uh, you know, what you did at AM, what you currently do, all that good stuff. Favorite
2: colors, what you wanted
0: to be when you grew up, yes. all, the, all the good
2: Absolutely.
1: stuff, right? <laughs> sure, sure. Well, all those kind of go hand in hand, to be real honest. Um, so, yeah, Courtney Gruner, my uh, maiden name is Rogers. I'm originally from Lufkin, Texas, and moved to college station um, in 99 to come to school. Uh, grew up an Aggie fan, my parents had season tickets to football and baseball, um, and, and we went to basketball games, you know, Tony Broney era, and and mm-hmm. those sort of things, and a um, and was kind of always a part of our life. Um, in terms of where I'm at right now, I live in the Brazos Valley still, um, I work on campus as the assistant program director for the Master of Industrial Distribution program, we call it the MID program. Um, and then I also am a doctoral student um, at A&M as well in the higher ed administration. Um, so, I kind of took a weird journey through AM undergrad, was RPTS. I had kind of career goals of working in an athletic department for my entire life. Um, at the time, worked full time in the athletic ticket office at AM. Um, and then, kind of right as I was about to graduate, decided that was not going to be kind of the course that I wanted to take. Um, and got kind of more into a student affairs type um, desire, I guess. I, I, to be real honest, I just never wanted to leave campus. And if I had my way, I would, you know, be on campus every day. And that's kind of what I wanted to do. I, I never wanted to really leave once I got got there. So, um, you know, that brings me to today. So that's a little bit, little bit about me. I have one um, husband. it's actually Gus's best friend from college um His name is Gus. He's um ID class of 01, MID class of 12, and then I have three sons, uh, Brady, Cooper, and Otto. So happy to be here today.
0: Right, well, we're happy to have you on. Um, now, before we get into the red, white, blue out, for a while you worked for a city that's pretty close to College Station.
1: I did. I did. So um yeah, I worked um, in Navasota at the city of Navasota. I was there Director of Marketing and Communication, also ran their parks department and um, was their kind of website and social media guru um, for about eight years, I want to say, and then got myself back to um, campus. So, yeah, I kind of took a few detours. I always like to say with my resume, um, if you picked up a bunch of paint, threw it at a wall and it all stuck, that's what my resume looks like. Um, You know, and then in interviews, what I say is I'm well-rounded, right? I've got a lot of different skills. And so hopefully those all kind of convert into one um, to keep me at least employed and able to pay my bills. So,
0: (laughs) (laughs) For those of y'all out there that don't know, Courtney basically made an episode of Texas school again. Yeah. I tried. I tried. Well, and you were, I mean, you were there for, you said eight years, but it's, you know, 15 minutes down the road. So at least you weren't too far removed from Maggie Lamb.
1: Sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, we brought back things um, like the Texas birthday bash. They still have. That was something that kind of grew out of out of my involvement. Um, The Navasota so far or so much so close was was kind of my um, vision for the town. Um, And it's still kind of is true today. You know, we're we're close and there's a lot of things around. Um, You know, we have a lot to offer around and we can kind of be home base for, you know, your game weekends and things like that. It's a like one really cool thing about the birthday bash. So
2: I, I play in a band, right? Uh, and the guy's name's Carson Jeffrey. Uh, before I was, yeah. good, he played at birthday bash last year. Uh, I, I was not yet with the band at the time, but um, you know I'm sure once that comes back around. I mean, we, apparently they enjoyed themselves, so I'm sure we'll yeah. do that, for that. And sure, uh, sure.
0: Another not not so well known fact probably about Courtney is that she literally knows everything about Texas country music. Like, like ever uh, when I was in the army um, you know I wasn't in Texas so keeping up with the Texas country music scene especially you know, 15 years ago when you did social media what a thing and so uh, you know I would periodically just hit her and um, be like okay who are the artists now I need to buy
1: yeah <laughs> sure yeah I mean I don't know I don't know when and who we introduced you to but I, I know you know there was some reckless Kelly in there some some of the later ragweed you know mm-hmm. those sort of things Sean McConnell.
0: All oh, um, guys, so. super early Wade Bowen
1: super early Wade Bowen yeah Randy Rogers yep. uh, um some of the early turnpike I think maybe yeah. uh, maybe not but maybe you were out by then but yeah I kind of always been my lifeline um that's all surprised I don't know you uh Robert uh, yeah we we that's kind of what my husband and I do when we're not trying to wrangle children and when I'm not, trying not to do my job and and make decent grades so I'd like to get out of school at some point.
0: You're saying you're really not that busy.
1: Um, I mean, <laughs> if I if I if I look crazy, uh, it's because I am, but that's okay. I I, I um, work hard and I play even harder, so.
2: Yeah. uh can't can't confirm. So uh, sh- shameless little plug here. So actually, my uh, Carson and crew, we're going to be uh, headlining a tap on uh, September 18th oh, yeah. af- after the uh, UNM game. So UNM game is at 11 o'clock in the morning. Uh, okay. and then we're, we're we're on that night so after you're seeing yeah.
1: sure yeah i'll have to come check you out that's actually um the weekend of my birthday like I not mentioned. before my birthday but uh, of my birthday so you know i'm always looking for a good place to have a good time and the tap is one of my go-tos so we we I go have, there a lot for sure it, it, <laughs> It's <I've just> always <laughs> been a constant like
0: great place to go for a long long time
1: my thing is it's consistent Right. Um then, then it's too many case. Like you go, it's consistent, you know what to expect, you know who's gonna be running around, you know who's gonna be your bartender, you can expect what you can expect in terms of the clientele, you don't have to worry about different things, like it's just your standard things. And when you're old like me, you have to do things that you know aren't gonna land you in jail. Uh, you know, so let's
0: well, not use the phrase old like you, because then that makes me old as well.
1: <laughs> That's kind of why I used it.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, oh good. <laughs> Okay, so uh, obviously yeah. the big crux that we want to talk about is the red, white, and blue out. Um, sure. So uh, I don't know all of the other four names, so you know, just kind of tell us who the other four were, and just what was kind of the initial think tank? How what? How did this come about?
1: Sure. Yeah. So let me paint that picture for you. So um, Eric Buffet was kind of the person that I connected with first. He is the one that did kind of the original. Um, hey, this would be cool. Um, post on Texags. And um, he posted that. And of course, I was up at three o'clock in the morning. God knows why. Um, on Texags, I'm sure reading about recruiting and football recruiting at the time. But um, right. yeah, I mean, that's what every 20 year old girl in college does. Right. Right. Um, yeah. So I was on there and, um, he said that and I post, I'm like, Hey, that'd be really cool. I'm happy to like help, but of course can't do it all myself. Um, like hit me up through email. And so I had my email and at the time, like Gmail wasn't a thing you had like hotmail and you got all your spam there. So like I had, um, yeah. an ISP email. Um, and so I don't have any of those old files and stuff, which kind of sucks, but, um, But Eric and I kind of connected and kind of at the same time, it evolved kind of on the back end, I would say, with Nick Luton, Cole Robertson and Josh Rosinski. And those three guys were a part of One Army, um, which is a a student um, gentleman service group kind of thing, the way that I understood it at the time. And so they connected with Eric. I connected with Eric. And from there, it was one of those where we only had the time to do basically what we did we probably outkicked our coverage in that regard you know we only had a certain amount of time and um and we all just kind of were like hey where can we chip in where what are um as a group individually what are our weaknesses what are our contacts who do we know and how can we kind of achieve this um all that to be said I don't think at the time we really um could have forecasted what it actually became we were just like hey if we sell a few shirts and we raise a little bit of money. We can make a difference in the name of Aggies and A&M, and that would be cool. And on top of that, it would be a cool display dispersed a little bit throughout the stadium on TV, right? And so that's kind of where it kind of evolved to something a lot bigger. Like I said, we leverage our individual capacity. So like I worked in the athletic ticket office at the time, and so I helped kind of coordinate from what I recall 20 years ago. Um you know, the like dissemination of the colors where they belong. You know, at the time people still had to go pull tickets and it literally was like 10 packs of tickets that were hand gathered out of a big dumpster by your yours truly. Um, and like we get 10 tickets for like say second deck in one section and rubber band and 10 tickets and rubber band and 10 tickets and rubber band. And then 10 packets go in a yellow sleeve and so whenever, say y'all came to pull tickets, you give me your two student IDs, we'd scan them. Okay, yes, they're appropriate. We'd take out two tickets out of one of those bunches and give it to you. So I don't know how they do it now, but, but it was a process. And so I, I bring that up to say it took some of that coordination of like, hey, you're on second deck. You need to wear away. Hey, you're on this deck. You need to wear this. So um Between that and kind of the the sports marketing and that sort of thing that kind of I was doing at the time with my degree, um, I kind of took that in the PR approach, I feel like, a little more. Um, Eric at the time was on that show ESPN Sidelines, Mm -hmm. where they did like the documentary and like followed people around and that sort of thing. And so I think maybe he leveraged a little bit of that to be able to kind of get the information into places as well. Because I think with the university, maybe ESPN maybe had some access to places that otherwise we would not. And then Eric and, uh, sorry, Nick and Cole and Josh kind of leveraged their um, student organization contacts and the fact that they were involved in student organizations to um, handle some of the like volunteer creation, um, the solicitation of volunteers. Setting up the financial incoming of the money with SOFC. I don't know what it's called now, um, but kind of all of those things that, like, hey, if you're a student organization and you did something like this, what would you need to do? And so they kind of jumped through those hoops. So we all kind of took a little piece with the hopes that it would at some point evolve into something that was meaningful, right? Never really, really figured that it would end up the way it did. So um, yeah, yeah, that's kind of how it started.
0: It's still SOFC. They haven't changed. I doubt they've changed any policies. In place.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, they, have, well, they have changed policy. So I just actually, um, I actually got my first, um, st- well, I just, I just accepted my first student group and it's the Aggie Wrangler group. And in one of our discussions with them, they were like, we think that probably some of the financial um, rules that they have now was born out of the red, white, and blue out. And <laughs> you know, I was like, Oh, okay. See that. Uh, probably. So, yeah. I mean, there's things like there was no process, you know, people were giving us cash and we were stuffing in a backpack and going <laughs> to the game. <clears throat> I mean, stuff that would make stuff that would make financial people like pass out. It's just ridiculous. But, you know, I mean, it is what it is at that point. We had a goal in mind and we were trying to help and we were, um, desperate to make a difference to some degree and so we were like you know what we'll ask for forgiveness later um there's no clear lines in something like this this is all new to all of us and we'll just go forth right so
0: well and and two questions out of that one uh you know where once y'all had the money where did y'all donate it and then two how quickly did this happen like from hey post on tech to like fully involved, getting the shirts, you know, Feeds Creation, everything set up.
1: Sure, sure. So I'd like to preface all this with the fact that it was 20 years ago and I'm old and I've had like eight jobs, three children. I've moved 11 times. So some of it is a little sketchy to me. Um, And some of it, I can't necessarily recall in entirety, but you know, it took us three or four days to kind of get on our feet to go, um, talked to Ken Lawson at CC Creations and kind of had that discussion of like, what do we want to order? You know, he, he's, he's been pretty vocal in terms of explaining how the process went as far as we were like, we think we want 500 shirts. Cause we were worried we were going to not sell any be on the hook for him personally. You know, we were like, we don't have the money to pay for all these. Um, but yeah, they were helpful to us. And I, and I want to say, you know, by, by four day, four or five, we were able to start selling shirts. Um, we just didn't think that it would be to the degree that it was. So, you know, at, at day four or five, we were like, oh, shit, we've got the whole next week, and we've sold 20,000 shirts. What are we going to do? You know, people are obviously wanting to participate, want to help and, and get a shirt, whether they're going to the game or not. How are we going to navigate that to meet everybody's needs? Again, with a goal being to make a difference. So it was, it was quite the... <laughs> uh I can't even think of the word uh undertaking it, it was quite an undertaking it was quite an effort to try to navigate all that while it was moving so fast right like we would print 10,000 shirts and they'd be gone before we knew where we're getting our next 10 so good problem to have I guess if you're running a business but uh when you're five volunteers trying to go to class and do all that stuff it, it got to be a little cumbersome I, I've gotten the question of like how did y'all navigate class I'm like I didn't. <laughs> I, didn't. Um, I mean, I'm sorry, Lewis Hodges. I skipped your class every week or, you know, every time I had three classes with him, 9-11 happened in one class. And then I had two other classes with him and bless his heart. I don't know if he's still around, but I sat in Francis Hall and was like, I'm not going, I'm sorry. If i and missing two classes, screws me over, then I'm not cut out for this, you know? So
0: Well, yeah, they'll they'll,
1: they'll donate. So, yeah. So we donated to two groups. I mean, one is actually sketchy. I should know this, of course. Um, The police benevolence fund was one of them. Um, And then there was another one that had to do with firefighters. Mm -hmm. So whenever we sought to, um, I can give you all official names if you need it, but we sought to donate to people that were not national organizations. So this is my personal opinion. This is the way that I feel about it. But whenever we go or we see like national disasters and that sort of thing, of course, we see your American Red Cross and your um, different places like that go in and help and aid and assist in all of those are very um, honorable type purposes and that sort of thing. But where we see a lot is where um, the personnel and administrative costs are high. I feel like. And so a lot of the money that's raised is absorbed in overhead. And we wanted it to give the money on behalf of the Aggie community to people who it would directly impact. Right. So we were giving it, we were giving it to police officers that helped manage voluntarily a group that voluntarily helped families of firefighters and police officers who had died on duty. So we knew and hoped at that time that those were worthy, um, places. And they were, and they have become, you know, I mean, they were, we saw that when we went up there, but places that could go into a family's home and say, Hey, I know the only, um, you know, household earner lost her life in nine eleven. Here's some money to pay your bills for six months while you grieve <clears throat> in those sort of things. And I think, you know, especially now, um, having kind of been in those sort of situations personally, um, it, I'm, I'm even more proud that we were able to do that as a family um, <clears throat> because it makes a lot more difference, right? It's not, it, you could connect the purpose with the person. And I think it puts that face to the name of of who you're helping. I would love to have stories and names. Um, we didn't get that, but but that's something that has always kind of, Made me wonder, like, where did that money go in terms of helping people? What did it help and in, in that sort of thing? And that's awesome.
0: Well, I, I echo the sentiment. I know um, <clears throat> charities that I support, and whenever I think about undertaking a, a, a new charity uh, to donate, um, I'm the same way. I, if you know the, the guy running the charity is making, you know, sixty percent of all the donations come in, that that to, to me, you have to find the ones where the money just. The overwhelming majority of the money flows to the people who are actually trying to help. So I won't name yeah. any, I won't I won't name any that I very specifically don't donate to. But there, <laughs> there, are, there are plenty out there that have a very corporate structure to them, and it's unfortunate that you know the, the pennies on the dollar of donation that actually get to help. So I I love that that y'all are able to do that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess before I get canceled, I mean. Track me down, whatever, but the American Red Cross is just an example, but, you know, those sort of large corporations, you know, I mean, they're a business, at the end of the day, they're a business, and we, we all had the idea in mind of helping people who were physically there, who were born and raised and, and and stayed there, who were housed there, who had an office there, that sort of thing, so that was the end goal.
0: Well, do good where you can do the most good, right? Sure, absolutely, or at least try. So, at what point in the process did y'all finally realize, like, oh shit, this is gonna be real good?
1: Um, well, when we <laughs> when our when we didn't get sleep for like three or four days, <laughs> and people get asking us questions, and we were like, oh my god, you know, um, I mean, I still say to this day, like, um, you know, I grew up at Anand and my parents like are very old army, so like when take us to the games, and like you are not leaving early, you. Do not leave early, you know, you stand up during this and you wait till if we lose, we sing this song. And if we win, we sing this song and all of that. And um I still say I, I, oh they're gonna be so mad. But um the 9-11 game, like the Red Bottom Blue Out game was the first game in my life I ever left early. And it was because I literally was so exhausted. Like they took us out on the field for a second. So we could like see the stadium, and as we walked up, I'm like, if I don't go home, I'm literally gonna pass out. I'm like, nobody will, nobody wants to pick this up, okay? Like, this is gonna be a situation. Um, you know, I mean, it it was to the point where we're just like we all printed shirts. So we got to a point where like the companies were like, we've exhausted our staff. We've been working 24 seven. We got to train some people to print some shirts, here or we're gonna run our shirts. So I mean, there were years after where I had um scars on the back of my arms because I didn't go to the training of how to print the shirts but I went to go print the shirt and so as I would print them I'd get too far in the machine oh, no. and it would get too hot on the arms and then I'd spin it and I'd do the same thing over and over so you know that's what training is for I'm sure but yeah I mean we got about halfway through the week and, and we were like we're up shit creek. Like we're running out of people. We're running out of the shirts. We need some more fucking shirts. What are we gonna do? You know? Um, excuse my language. Um, not really. Not really. It's the red ass podcast, right? But um, yeah, we were like, uh, we don't know how this is gonna turn out. So, but we're selling a shit ton of shirts. Well, did y'all? Uh,
0: so I, I know for the one that's coming up this year, uh, they've got a handful of places that uh, they're gonna be selling them inside the stadium as well. Obviously. Of people that don't live in town to show up for the game, you know, if you want to participate. Sure. Try to get to CC Creations and cram that into a weekend of a home game weekend. And, and on top of that, just, you know, after the break, the first game back, everything, when things opened back up after 9-11, everything was just packed. I remember that. It was just, sure. it was crazy. So um I, did y'all have places inside the stadium zone or were y'all like out, outside the stadium or was it just CC Creations? And
1: um actually we didn't have, have a lot of places like that that sold them um in front of the house. Um we had a little bit of I mean this is kind of the unpublished part, but we had a little bit of trouble getting buying, to be real honest. You know, I mean we were just like five kids off the street, you know, that didn't know each other five days ago and now are in here trying to leverage their abilities, you know. Um, you know, I, I remember this is kind of this is kind of a one of the funnier parts that never gets sold. So I remember So back at that time, 20 years ago, the street running right in front of Kyle Field was open and you could like drive a car right there and we would print shirts and we would send runners to go drop off shirts to the, in front of Kyle Field. And I remember so vividly being there to receive shirts and we, somebody had pulled up and started unloading and at the time it was called PTTS. Now it's called parking services, but PTTS wrote up and they're like, y'all are going to have to move. And we're like, we're unloading shirts. Like we can't walk these across campus. And they're like, we're going to ticket you if you don't move. And so we were like, well, we'll take our chances and we'll unload as quick as we can. Um, And I don't think we got a ticket, but it was one of those, we, we had some issues um, getting some buy-in and just getting a little bit of flexibility I mean, I think at the time, everybody's uh, security concerns were a little heightened, of course, yeah, understandably. Sure. And so they didn't want people parking in front of the stadium, and I get it. Um, but I think it's really funny because like a year or two later, the red, white, and blue picture was like the sticker on the the parking sticker. They tried stickers for a year or two, and it was like the red, white, and blue picture the. Was the sticker that you used as your parking pass for the entire year? And I'm like, oh yeah, y'all are gonna give us a ticket, but now you want to pimp it on your stickers? Uh
2: huh. <laughs> yeah, that's about how it goes. Sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's just so perfect it's, knowing if you're an Aggie, you know, it had at least five run-ins. Like, you weren't an Aggie if you didn't have run-ins with parking.
2: Oh, at least like a
0: half a dozen times.
1: Sure. Yeah, hell, I had a run-in with him last week, and I've been around for 20 years.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember how many tickets I protested, but it was a lot.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, I did have a question. So what was kind of the brainchild about, um, you know, the 20th anniversary coming around and you know, specifically getting it for the Kent State game? Um, and just, I mean, obviously, it'll be a spectacle once it's done, just because getting to see all the, three decks the entire stadium like that, it's gonna look fantastic. All
0: closed down,
2: yeah. Yeah, now that it's all closed in. But yeah, just what was kind of the, the brainchild of hey, you know, you know, getting this thing going
1: with this game. Sure. Yeah. So what I, from what I understand, um, I mean I found out about it whenever they really started advertising on July 4th,
2: okay.
1: Um, from a friend who texted me and they're like, have you seen this? I'm like, I haven't, but that's cool. Um from what I understand from talking to student leaders, um, there was a guy Uh, Michael Osborne, I think is maybe his name. I think he's on tax a lot. Um, He proposed it or he went and talked to um, the president last, the A&M class president last year, I think is Eric Mendoza. And if I say these things wrong, I'm sorry. It's all out of my memory from one zoom. Um, But he went was like, hey, we should redo this for the 20th year. And then um, Air, uh, Mendoza talked to people from Traditions Council and then Maroon Out, and I think they all got together. And so I'm really excited to kind of see what happens. I mean, they've been planning it for over a year, <laughs> which is something that we never had the luxury of. So you know, and That's they've got their ducks in a row. I'm so jealous. Um, <laughs> no, they, I mean they had their ducks in a row, right? Like they're going to be selling it, selling shirts inside the stadium at the um, from what I understand, the beginning of every deck. Yeah. So like, if you don't like have a shirt and you go up there, you're like, Oh, shit, I want to participate. Here's my $12. Give me a shirt. So, you know, those are things that we could have never done in our time, um, but would have been probably helpful in, in lessening the amount of work that there was at some point. Um, and, and as far as kind of what the goals are, you know, one of the things that I think, um, Or one of the things I want to bring up that I think maybe was not as advertised as well as it could have been, Um, and I don't mean that in a critical sense, but I think that it's something that is a value to bring up and is an important part is that some of the proceeds do still um, impact charitable, two charitable groups, right? So one is um, something of light. Gosh, I know this. I don't know. It's it, there's two charitable groups. I know one is Texas Task Force One, which is another one of those groups that like they go into hurricanes and they go into places to help people when yeah, they the went, going gets they, tough.
0: They were they went to Ground Zero.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So you know, I mean, it, it, we see all this pretty stuff, right? And We see, hey, let's let's group think and let's participate all together and make it look pretty. But I think I think that I still would like people to remember that. The proceeds will affect and make a positive Im- impact on people in the name of Texas AM and the AM community and the AM family, um, which I think is important considering our um, patriotic history and our military history and our core values. You know, you look at a, a circumstance like Red, White, and Blue out, and then the idea of doing it for the 20th year and everything in some form or fashion um, alludes to one of the Aggie core values, right? Leadership, selfless service, those sort of things. And so, you know, I just don't want it to be understated that it's just people selling shirts necessarily for the sake of recreation. It's still impacting people positively this time around as well.
2: Right on. And that was awesome. And, you know, I mean, I mean, such a great event. I mean, and people are still talking about it all the way up till now. And now it's going been a keep on cruising which i think is awesome
1: sure sure points of light that's what it is points of light i'm sorry no there it is
2: it's, all right. it's driving
1: me nuts i'm like
2: still, still got it in before the budget yeah sorry well, well awesome. you were able to be a part of that um and, and obviously you know great cause you know just visually stunning and something i think you know that yeah. set us apart in a time when you never you didn't really see coordination in the stands or something like that you know I mean, you sure. know, this was still the era where, you know, hell, before I what was it like the first maroon out in '98? I mean, you went to games at Kyle Field, most people weren't even wearing maroon; they're wearing white or you know, just whatever mm-hmm. they had. Um, you know, you didn't really see a lot of coordination. You know, I think you know, Nebraska was real big about everybody were red, and that was like the first real indication of that. And all of a sudden, now we're out here saying, hey, this deck's going to be this, this deck's going to be this, and it just Ended up being just such a visually spectacular thing, and I yeah. used to be everywhere. I mean, you, know, you see, yeah. like you know, Boise State will do a hey, like this section's blue, this section's orange. Mm-hmm. You now this, you know, this stadium's yeah. doing this, this, that, and I mean, I think a lot of that stemmed from the red, white, and blue show sure that you could actually, sure. do it.
1: yeah. Well, I mean, leave it to Aggies to prove that, right? Yeah. <laughs> we always like boost everything just a little bit. Like, we you give us your normal, and then we'll boost the shit out of it to like get it to a higher level.
0: So it's just you kind guys, of the way that we all roll. You got you guys do pepperonis? Yeah, something like that, kind of.
2: So, so. yeah, we
1: <laughs> we have fifty thousand people there. Thanks,
2: <laughs> and we get, and
1: we get to make out.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, we like yelling at midnight. You know, yeah. like, like like most of you college kids. Uh, anyway, uh, well, hey, <laughs> Before the big game,
0: we were going to light a trash pile on fire. You guys want to do something like that? The Aggies are like trash.
2: trash yeah, pile. we might do something like that. Sure. That's how roll. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So before we go, oh, what's up? Uh, I wanted to kind of jump in, considering, you know, obviously we got a baseball connection here. So. That's what I
0: was. That's <laughs> exactly
2: what I was doing. So before we go, we got to
0: talk baseball. So I'm okay. going to get out of the yeah. way now. And uh, oh, okay, we got a question. You got to tell us a little bit about why one, just why you like Aggie baseball, and two, uh, you know, how Aggie baseball kind of ties into your life very intensely.
1: Yeah, so <laughs> um, how many fingers do I have on my hands? No. Um, so grew up, like, Aggie baseball fan. Of course, my parents would bring us to games. Um, you know, sat with, you know, I had the cool parents that would bring us at, like, 11, 12, 13 years old and let us sit with all the foul mouth college kids that would hang all over the edge. And scream at people. Um, you know, we'd come in for super regionals and we hang out at the tree over where all the any breed of people were partying mm-hmm. after we won and that sort of thing. And um, you know, this kind of it was in, in, ingrained in my childhood. It's um, still today. Like I don't get to go to as many games because I'm stretched very thin, um, but I watch every single game. Um, and um, I have seen the joys. And I have seen the (laughs) um, unfortunate parts of hockey baseball and I've been through all of them. Um, But, you know, it's one of those things. So um, yeah, a few reminders of of those sort of things. So when, or a few fun, fun facts, I guess I should say. Uh So, so when, so I worked at the athletic ticket office when I was a student Mm -hmm. and I worked a lot of baseball games because at the time, it was like fun, right? I got paid and I got to be where I was going to be anywhere. And then at the middle of the fifth inning, we got to go inside and I would have done that anyway. <clears throat> and so when they redid Olsenfield to Bluebell Park, they did an auction. And at the time, social media wasn't what it was. Websites weren't what they were. Like there weren't all these companies that do everything for you, like tailgate setups and auctions and all this stuff. And they were auctioning off some of the stuff from inside the stadium. And so I remember so vividly, this is back in like, I don't know. I mean, I was married because I remember I called my husband. I was in the middle of Sands. and I called my husband. I'm like, hey, somebody just posted this. And it's the auction from the Olsen, um, what's it called? Redevelopment or whatever they called it. Mm -hmm. And uh, the letters from the ticket box were being auctioned off. And so at the time we were like newly married to have a pot to piss in. Like, you know, I mean, we, we, we didn't have hardly any money. And I was like, I really want these letters. Like this means so much to me, you know, and, and he, he had gone to baseball games, his entire college career also like he got a ticket trying to speed up to get tickets for the Clemson game, like all these different things. And so it was really something that kind of connected us as well. Um. <clears throat> so he's like, I mean, whatever, I know better than to tell, you no because you're going to wear me out about it for years to come. And so we end up being able to get these Olson field letters. So remember at the beginning, I said, we've moved like 11 times in our life, and they've moved with us every single time. So in my backyard, on the back fence, it has a real big Olsen field in those maroon big
0: metal letters. Metal
1: letters. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, and it's still just kind of a homage to you know, my childhood and and what I love and that sort of thing. Coupled with that uh, is my 10-year-old who um, when I was pregnant thought he would be a baseball player and he would love sports because he's going to be just like his mama and all this stuff. Um, He does not uh, prefer sports. He's really good at stuff like coding and computer work and all that stuff. But his name is Cooper Olson. So I was like, okay, if I have a kid, I'm gonna name him after A M. So we were gonna do like Kyle Olson. We were like, that's too red ass. And then we were do we we looked at Reed. We looked at a couple, uh, Chandler. We looked at doing Chandler after Tom Chandler. That kind of didn't. And then finally, we were like, let's just do, do Cooper Olson. I got the name Cooper from a baseball game that we were at at Olson Field. Somebody yelled at like, come on, Coop. And I was like, ooh, I could see myself saying that whenever my son plays college baseball. Mm. There you go. <laughs> i'm not trying to like typecast him but he probably won't play college baseball and that's okay um but he has a complete college baseball name and that's okay so um yeah um thirdly (laughs) uh, thirdly so we grew up going to Aiden and baseball games and my parents just us with the raggies and so growing up my little brother wanted to be a raggie so when he was like eight, nine and 10 years old, he would hang over the bars and scream with their Aggies. And he was like that kid that everybody was like, who's letting their kid go out there and create havoc. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and now he has a successful um, college baseball sports Riding company. And so um, he gets like named like, in, in fact, I didn't have anyone told you this, Roy. <laughs> we were somewhere the other day. And oh, I was talking to Olin Buchanan doing a, a doing a um, interview for Red White, and Blue Out, and he goes, "Where are you from?" and "What's your maiden name?" and I said, "My name is Courtney Rogers, and I'm from Lufkin, Texas." And he goes, "Are you kin to of Kendall Rogers?" And I was like, "Yes, it happens all the time." Like he goes to the doctor, and somebody's like, "Are you the Kendall Rogers?" and he's like, "Yes." Mm-hmm. So I guess that proves my point. Like it's just very ingrained into our
2: lives. What did
0: I miss? No, I do Yeah, well, and for I it's a, all you can pick up, it's Kendall Rogers is your brother, D1 Baseball, Right.
2: i loved, yes. Baseball. Yeah.
0: He, he filled yeah. a void that didn't exist for yeah. college baseball.
1: I agree. You know, when he, <clears throat> so, you know, whenever I grew up, my parents are like, you're going to graduate in four years and, you know, you're going to do this and, you know, like very militant, militant, you know, my parents very loving, but very militant in terms of like, you've got four years, all this stuff. I probably should have called her bluff. I don't think they would have probably kicked me out. But you know, they love to probably threaten it. But for my brother, they were much more relaxed, because he was two years after me. And I guess I like wore him out. And so he got to like junior in college. And he's like, came home one day, he's like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna move to Nashville. And My parents are like, fuck it what are you talking about like you're moving where like you can't even change your flat your own flat tire like how are you going to move across country? <laughs> <clears throat> and he's like I got a I got a job offer from rivals to go work for them and I and I want to go up there and work and so they were like all, all right like we can't tell you no because technically you're technically you're an adult and you're probably going to do what you want to do anyway um, but for a while there we were like we don't if this is the right choice, you know, or what we don't know what he's doing, but you know, we're we're super proud of him also. And he's built um, I think the premier place for dependable, you know, college baseball. There's other people like to try to replicate in some form or fashion. Um, but they're 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 money makers are, are bigger sports and, and bigger things, and, and so I don't think they put a lot of the same effort into it, you know, from January to July, <clears throat> and like now you see him a hard time. I'm like, damn, I wish I could get paid to go watch college baseball. That's like my dream career. Oh, you know?
2: yeah.
1: And then, and then I see him go, you know, basically January to July, and never see his family. And he's up till three and four in the morning because when he's not writing about games, he's writing about prospects, or he's writing about, you know, in the summer he's writing about Cape Cod league and all these summer leagues. And and now you've got fall games so in October he's going to those and talking about those and so you know it's one of those I'm super proud of him and and you know he's made a great living for his family and he worked hard and I think that's what we all like to try to uh, strive to do you know
0: from hanging over the rails at Olsen to being the premier college baseball writer in the country yeah
1: yeah don't ask me, dude. (laughs) I don't know how it happened. No, hard work, hard work, you know, and I, and I think about it, you know, we, we grew up, and I remember so vividly, like, he would go, he's going to kill me for telling this, he'd, like, go to the bathroom, and he would go and read baseball encyclopedias, like, about old baseball players, and, and he'd come out, and he'd just know all the stats, and we're like, jesus christ like what okay rain man like what's the deal you know and um and from a very small age he could just rattle off all this stuff um and now it's like it's it's helped him a lot you know be able to write i mean i don't think he has to look up a lot of his stuff that that he writes about i think he just knows it in his head which i think is a really cool skill i wish i could remember that much crap
2: yeah rob's just sitting here like that seems completely normal
1: yeah <laughs> 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 i know
2: <laughs> kind of highlight for you so for me you know whatever you know as far as like my college baseball i you know i first got to AM in the fall of 2010 uh, when i started my college career and uh, you know so spring of 11 uh that was you know obviously we did football and we got to see you know tan hill take over and that was great and, you know it was everything was football right i mean you know, I'm, I'm originally from new mexico so this mm-hmm. whole I didn't know anything else about any of the other a sports. It was all just about football, right?
1: Well, yeah.
2: one of my friends invites me. He said, hey, you should come out to a baseball game. Just, you know, just come and check it out, right? And I'm like, "Well, oh, my hometown, we're, we're pretty good at baseball. You know, I don't know much about college baseball, but, you know, we'll see what it's all about. And, mm-hmm. you know, I arrived, you know, first pitch, 635, right? You know, I come walking in and at 6 30, thinking, oh, sure, there'll probably be a seat somewhere, jam packed. <laughs> it's a weekend, right? And like everybody's in there. And I'm like, where the hell am I gonna sit? Right. You know, you start hearing chants of right field bleachers, and the whole time yeah. I'm sitting here like, what the hell did I just walk myself into? Why are these people right. what they doing? And, and a little over two years later, you know, like got to experience the super regional. Yeah, I wasn't a part of it, but it was a part of the regional, and then supers against. Florida State and at that point mm-hmm. I was I was I was in after that and so ever since um nobody accepted this last year you know unfortunately thanks to COVID I've been very plugged in on pretty much every baseball season that we've had and you know, as of the last several seasons it's you know I'm become one of the de facto hey he's one of those raggies he's one of those guys that's always up there you know um sure. now of course good we're, we're not nearly as a body mouth as they used to be back in the day of course you know we, we kind of had to re- reel it back a little bit uh, I'm about to say you know unfortunately can't 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 make fun of moms and girlfriends anymore um shame. right but uh but, but I, I will share my, my personal favorite story um as mm-hmm. far as like uh, interaction with parents this, this, this was too good not to do you know it's Wednesday night we're playing against the uh, University of Incarnate Word. you know mm-hmm. it was on a, how oh, a few years back but um we were up like 11 to four or something like that we were just beating the snot out of them and it was 11 to three and it was a uh, top of the night they had a grand slam right and all of a sudden it's 11 <laughs> to seven. and their parents have just been dead quiet the whole game with our normal stick you know nothing special just normally what we do and yeah. you start yelling at us and fluffing us off and cussing us out like yeah yeah you like that right <laughs> the next guy up, you know, flies out immediately and we're like, whoa, man, that was a home run in an elevator shaft, you know? And like, <laughs> oh, man, we really got all of that one. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, we just kept heckling until they were leaving. And then I walked downstairs with me and, I, me and one of my buddies. And this incarnate word mother came straight up to me, looked at me in the eye because she she, she's standing up here, right? And, I'm, and she's looking up at me like this. I'm embarrassed for you. And I said, I said, yes, ma'am, I'm pretty embarrassed. I can't believe we gave up a grand slam to these clowns. And I started walking. <laughs> oh, she chased my butt all the way out of the stadium. I didn't care. It was awesome. <laughs> it was like, yeah. little stuff like that. You know, and it's to this day, I, I just enjoy the game. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, obviously, this last year was a little tough and, you know, kind of the end of the children's era and, you know, uh, we on the podcast, and we wanted to say, obviously, we appreciate everything he did um mm-hmm. for our program, and was such a long-standing member. But obviously, we're very excited now with the Jim Sauce era kicking off, and the recruiting work he's already doing
1: is yeah, nice. absolutely, yeah. You know, I I um I've always uh, been very impressed with Childress's way to connect with the students in the way that he treated students and their families. Um, You know, I always felt like he had their best interest at heart in terms of um, like putting academics to the forefront, making sure they understand that they've got a student career, you know, that that's important. You know, I can't say that I didn't, um, to cuss him out in my backyard a few times when we were in super regionals and he didn't pull a picture early enough, you know that sort of thing. But he was consistent. Again, he was consistent in terms of you didn't have to worry that he was going to choke a kid in the in the yeah. you know yeah. um, <clears throat> in the dugout. You, you didn't have to worry about you know him um, saying things in the media that were something that we would not want to be printed, you know. And then his support staff, I think, was also. Um, oh, yeah. A special group of guys. You know, uh, we we had a son who um, got sick and passed away, and we had about six weeks between the time that we found out and the time um, that we lost him. And in those six weeks, um, at some point, they found out that we were big Aggie baseball fans, and they came and were like, "Hey, we want you to have the opportunity to bring Otto through the stadium. We know it's important to you. We know you're, you know, huge Aggie baseball fans." And they like went up there in the middle of November or in the middle of December on their like off time, of course, you know, and like took us through and gave us a Jersey with his name on it and all of that. And they didn't have to do any of that, you know, but they were, that's what kind of special people they, they are, you know, they were, um, they're still alive, but you know, that's the kind of special people that they are. And, and, you know, I wish them luck, I want them to be successful. I'm sorry and sad they weren't able to be fully successful here. But I feel like that that's still definitely within their potential, you know, just maybe not here. And so, yeah, I'm excited to see what sauce kind of does. You know, I was one of those people that had like alerts on every like uh, Twitter possible during that time. You know, of course, it was during the World Series. I'm like texting Kendall like, dude, you got to send me something. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I don't. The things that I know, I can't necessarily say because, you know, I. I have people that trust me for a reason you know and I'm like well I know but you know I'm still your sister and he's like I don't care you know this is my career um you know and that sort of thing and, and I was proud of him for that of course but you know that's that's why he's able to be trusted because he literally won't tell a sister anything but you know there was a long time where I, I um wondered who we were gonna get and I think I think we have the recipe for him to be very successful of course like you said he's brought in recruits that um We're very good at other places and we have the ability to develop them even more with our resources in terms of facilities and, and coaching and, um, productivity. So we'll see, I'm super excited. Um, we're actually building a pool right now. And that was kind of one of the factors. I'm like, I want to sit in my pool and I want to watch football and I want to watch Aggie baseball all day long on Saturdays. And so I'm really excited about it.
0: Honestly, how great is it? The SEC network, where you can literally watch every baseball game. It's so phenomenal.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I we do it off of Roku. i actually just set my parents up with it. You know, they, they they come to most games, but sometimes they just can't can't make it, especially this last year with ticket sales being so were. restricted and that sort of thing. I don't think they, they got many opportunities. But you know, we set them up with the Roku, and they're like, "We can watch every game." I'm like, "Yes, girl!" Like, you about to be busy for four nights a week maybe five. So.
0: Well, you'll have to uh, you yeah. have to let Kendall know that he probably needs to link it with Section 203 because there were a handful of uh, of commitments. I think it were all transfers, right? Yeah. That they were followed. They followed his account like two or three days before they actually announced that they committed. So
2: like, he he, he kind of knew that they were coming, but but I was, I mean, I was, I was real quiet about it. I was real, so yeah, but you know, like, like, you know, like the Texas tech picture we just picked up, right. You know, um, he, he followed us and I was like, well, that's rather interesting. And and then sure enough, he announced a couple days later and I was like,
1: sure. "Sure." It's like that situation when like, um, when you have an iPhone and you type the word eyes and it's like the side eyes, (laughs) you know, you're like, "Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I, well, that's I, good. I will say, like, I'm, I'm obviously in the same boat with Aggie baseball. It's, uh, you know, I got to know RC and the staff from from catering and just mm-hmm. it's just phenomenal. And, mm-hmm. You know, being yell leader, they do the, you know, when they shave their heads for 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 the kids mm-hmm. all that stuff. But, uh, mm-hmm. but, I think outside of a couple of really really heartbreaking series for for eggs, it's been kind of easy to uh, admire from afar the job that Schloss has done at TCU.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, uh, I mean yeah i mean you don't like the results when we played them but it's yeah you know, when you think of, when you think of tcu you just don't really think of powerhouse sports programs period and you know it, yeah it's been able to have a program but what sloss has been able to do in fort worth i think is phenomenal it's, it's phenomenal sure. it's like you said sure. you stick a dude that can do it in that environment into the environment that we have and not to mention are going to be increasing and, and you know facilities abilities all that stuff so i right. i am uh and you can do it quickly in baseball
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Is is uh, yeah. It should be real interesting. You know, I, I think Ross said like maybe yesterday or the day before, like you know that we're going to be investing more in in the athletic department in our in our programs and that sort of thing. And I think that that will help. And it's going to be an interesting time. You know, I'm oh, you know, excited about football. I think. Well, never mind. I'm not going to jinx myself. Um, I don't always do
0: that. I need Very excited. It's a it's a season to be excited for and with, with good reason.
1: Sure, sure. I, I'm excited to see what we do. And I would love to parlay that with a good baseball season. Yeah. I would love to have a baseball season where we can expect to go to the super regionals and expect to compete at a high level in the super regionals. And if we compete at a high level, know that we have the capability to be prepared enough to win a game in Omaha.
2: That would be great. I mean, got to start someone.
1: <laughs> I know. Oh, I know. I know. I know. He's like, bring it on down, girl.
0: <laughs> no, I'll, I'll get greedy and throw in. i take a 500 conference season on a basketball. But I still can't believe you thought about naming a child after Reed Arena. Yeesh. Reed. Ugh. We got a child, girl.
1: Well, I'm not having any more kids, so you're good. <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, I I'm, I am excited for all the stuff uh, they're talking about yeah. building uh building up Ellis for for Coach G, who if there's any coach yeah. that deserves it, oh no um, doubt, about. yeah, definitely.
2: I mean, they're already definitely. Practice, So, yeah, I'm excited to see
0: what else they plan to do. I mean, sure. honestly, just look at what we've done in the very very recent you know uh, past. You got the track the, the track stadium or complex, whatever you want to call it. Um, sure. You got the softball stadium that the, the you know the, the ballpark for for softball, Davis Diamonds Phenomenal.
1: Amazing. Sure. Absolutely.
0: And the weight center and the training center that they put on West campus for the athletes over there too.
2: Those are three.
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, I think that's required if you want to, to get the prospects that you want. Right. And, And then, and then you see it like we saw in the Olympics, you know, we had track and field players in the Olympics. Well, when you have good facilities, you have good, strength training you have good coaches you have good programs and those are the things that happen so I think it's been happening in places like swimming before and that sort of thing of course we have that in common but um it should get interesting I think I think the future is bright you know that's the optimist in me um and you know, we'll see I don't know it's bright. but yeah I, re- I, sh- I shouldn't have mentioned the Reed arena thing I'm sorry
0: <laughs> I, I I think the future is bright across the board braggie athletics literally across the board so it's yeah. exciting. Sure. Exciting time to be an Aggie.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so um September 18th.
2: September 18th.
1: Okay.
2: UNM Day. We are we're playing that yes. night.
0: New Mexico yeah. Saturday. So basically the evening after the game. The game's at 11 a.m. Yeah. The one or two game so, a year so where you're like, yeah, sure, stick look, it at eleven. So, Nobody cares. So,
1: so plenty of time to sober up. Yes. Or <laughs>
0: hydrate
2: or whatever. Hydrate primarily.
1: Hydrate. Hydrate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll try to make it out. Yeah. You know, that's my thing. That's my other thing I could talk outwards about. I'm not going to. I'm not going to put y'all through that, but my other two kids are named after Texas country bands. So nice.
2: Nice. There you go. And obviously, if in the future we want to run another podcast, we're more than happy to talk about some Texas country music. You know, me, I'm down with that. Yeah. You
0: know, another one. I forgot that you really got me hooked on was Max Stallings. And, yeah. and what was cool about that is then he came to do First Yell and I actually got to meet him. You
1: oh, know, really? Like, A decade
0: after you got me on it, you know, I got to meet him and sure. I did not realize how tall Max Stallings is.
1: Yeah, yeah, he makes you look short. Yes. <laughs> right?
0: right good. you got anything
1: else for? Good job. I
0: think we're yeah. good. You have anything you want to plug the MID program? <laughs>
1: Yes. Yeah. Hey, if you're listening to this, um, forget everything I already said.
2: <laughs> no.
1: And don't hold it against me, please. No, if you are in any sort of sales distribution, procurement, operations, supply chain, logistics field, and you are looking for a graduate degree, we have an online degree plan. You can get your Aggie ring if you don't have one yet. Um, you can do it from the comfort of your home while you have a family and you work full-time. You don't have to give up your job. Um, And you can find us online at mid.tamu.edu or my email. So
2: yeah, hit me
1: up.
0: And by the way, it's our ID program of the nation. So
1: Yes, absolutely.
2: And 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 we're uh, one
1: one of the only for graduate, yeah.
2: Yeah. So do you have any social media that you'd like to plug? (laughs) <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: yeah, thank you. what's
2: up. <laughs> so you're smarter now enough. that's
1: good yes. so i hey, here's my deal this is how i explained it um i got into like high school recruiting really early before like tech like i was tech sags like when tech sags didn't exist it was like on go big 12 in like 1994 to 1995 got into high school recruiting to the degree where it was like obsessive to me um, had to back off of that because I had like a life to live um, and haven't really gotten back into it a ton because I love it so much that I'll just get obsessed with it and it will overtake me and I'm trying to accomplish some other things in my life. Um, so what I do is I don't post very much in the ways that um, people can find me or people will know me so that I can be my true self <laughs> and i can say the things that i want to say when oh. i want to say them so
0: all right on well all look,
1: right
0: i appreciate you coming on i know it's you know probably dinner time Probably got some hungry kids just take them to the wall and throw popcorn out of us you know still
2: survive
0: on one <laughs> but uh rob you got anything else
2: no just uh make sure you do follow us on our socials you know make sure to call May 15 on twitter and rob the slapper on twitter and of course uh, as you guys go along uh, be sure to if you get out of the game, make sure you do get a shirt ahead of time. Uh it's from CC Creations, or you can get them in the stadium. Don't forget to follow Section 203. Yeah, but yeah if you want to follow Section 203, if you want to be a part of that, they enter, give us a holler. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a good time.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, the other day, um, I also saw shirts at Angular Outfitters.
2: So okay.
0: Yeah, there they're, they're, they're are quite a few places around town.
1: ATB, Berkshire Brothers. Yeah. So they've done a great job as far as getting it other places so if you come anywhere near campus you should be able to find one
2: just look look around see something patriotic go buy it there you go
1: absolutely absolutely okay thank you so much hon
0: and uh, i will see you for some beers
1: thank you absolutely have a good one